If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Please Radio. Um, one of the things that, that, that I talk about a lot on the show is that I focus on Manitoba artists and Manitoba adjacent artists. And the adjacent thing can really cover like a lot of territory. It can cover people who, you know, lived here at one point and uh, moved away recently or a long time ago. It can cover people who are new to the province. It can cover people who have just some weird connection that, that, that I like to fit into that category so I have an excuse to interview them. But uh, the guest on this episode is someone that, if I understand correctly, is fairly new to... The province. So I think that maybe as an introduction, if you want to just introduce yourself and give a bit of background about where it is you're coming from. Okay. Hi. <laughs> I'm Bobby, Bobby Dove. Um, I'm originally from Montreal, Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> and I moved to Manitoba in July of 2020 during the pandemic. That's a wonderful time to move. <laughs> Right in the yeah. middle of everything being shut down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's a starting point though. Is is why why Manitoba? I mean, you know, as someone who loves Manitoba and does a show about Manitoba artists, you know, for years now, I, I know why Manitoba would work for me. But what was the incentive to come here from Quebec? Um, <laughs> I I was I was very uh, drawn by my heart. Okay. To come here. Um and other parts of myself. <laughs> so I, I'm here and, uh, yeah, it was sort of a calling of the heart okay. matters of the heart. Um, and I also felt strongly to leave Montreal where I'd been living for some decades, Okay, my whole life prior to moving here, basically. So I'd done a lot of traveling and I'd done a few cross country tours. Um, long ones yeah uh like summer long tours and i had played brandon folk fest so i ended up uh near around brandon at first and now i'm actually in the the brandon westman area okay. but i when i first moved i was in small i lived in a small town called wawanisa for oh, about yeah. a month yeah. i know where that is yeah um where I was staying with some folks. And then I like in a, in a separate <clears throat> uh, like loft type of thing. And then I went and, and got this little house <clears throat> in Oakburn, Manitoba, okay. which is a totally adorable Ukrainian rural town that I loved, but the house wasn't, uh, <laughs> 
was in great right. <laughs> in great shape. Right. Um, it was a very old place, and it probably needed some health and safety upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyways, I ended up moving uh, to Brandon proper. And so here I've been since uh, November 2020. I know that the pandemic has obviously changed the way things normally would go, but what has your experience been, you know, as a musician coming from a considerably larger city and then moving to Brandon, uh, which, you know, Brandon has its own musical history for sure. And there's a lot of uh, small communities around there that have, you know, uh, generated some, some great artists and little festivals and all these things. But what has that kind of big city to small city transition been like for you? <clears throat> well, the pandemic in Montreal at first was more heightened okay um you know the numbers the congestion the rate of transmission was worse in montreal before i moved here then everything started to level out from east to west you know yeah and everywhere was bad so the experience of leaving montreal was actually quite positive because it was a very yes it's a big city but geographically it's not so it was quite congested okay you know uh, with with people, pedestrians, shoppers, whatnot. Um, so, you know, part of me is is a bit homesick at times. You know, to be quite honest, and yeah. um, but but I think it was a positive experience, especially the whole rural thing. It's harder to have that experience around Montreal. You know, there's more of a suburban sprawl, whereas sure. here, once you leave the, in quotes, city, you're not in some weird shopping mall world like you are in, in cities in Ontario yeah. and Quebec. You're really in the country, and even this city is quite country. There's certain parts of it, like even from my house here, I mean, my, my apartment that I'm renting here, if I walk five minutes, I'm on a dirt road. Yeah heading yeah. towards horses you know so i think for me it was very good for my soul and for um my brain and heart on that on that level but on a, another level it's been quite you know isolating to leave i wouldn't say so much it's about leaving the big city it's more about leaving familiarity and yeah. support systems yeah that but makes, i did, makes did sense. feel the need to leave and i was actually evicted from my apartment that summer not uh, for any like uh, wrongdoing on my part, but just because I had such a low rent, and it's actually a very you know common thing in these in larger yeah. populated cities that this sort of rent eviction and these or or, or a landlord claiming that a family member is going to move in, right? You right. know, and what I, sucks. I, anyways, he had, he had to pay me off though to leave because I'm such a I'm such a pain in the ass that I. I, I actually, the process of that started before the pandemic okay. began. And the last, the, 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 our last little rental court date at the Régie de Langement was actually like on March 7th or one of those dates that was the pivotal day where it was like, suddenly the whole world sort of was blowing up. Yeah, the point of no return. That was the, the line that crossed and then suddenly we're in full blown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were hearing rumors of it. And then it was like, no, it's true. Everyone is experiencing this across the planet. And I was sitting there, remember, in court with my backpack on my lap and my legal aid lawyer, yeah. who, you know, and I've done all this annoying admin work to get this process done. So it was like, here we were at the point of completion and she had a little cold <laughs> and it was just like, I, 
I couldn't believe it. Like it was so, it was so uncomfortable. But then in the end, he had to pay me two thousand dollars to leave that place. Well, that, that's a, a positive, I guess, out of a shitty situation yeah. for sure. So yeah. now that you're in Manitoba, I mean, Manitoba, as I'm, I'm sure you know, if you didn't before, you'd probably know by now, has um, a very strong um, community for any type of music that falls under the umbrella roots, folk, country. All that blues, bluegrass, all that stuff is huge here. And there's like a very strong community, especially in Winnipeg, um, you know, centered around a few venues and things like that, that is devoted to that kind of stuff. Have you been able, again, I know the pandemic's been on, so that's probably uh, made it more difficult, but have you been able to make any inroads into the the scene here in Manitoba that um, with some of the artists that are uh, well known here and stuff? I would think so, definitely. Well, before the pandemic, I, I, I have to stop saying that. Yeah word in the in the, okay. in the before time yeah yeah <laughs> prior to moving here yes i had already like i i, I said i toured so i knew and also gone to conferences and also yeah. just been someone who also when people were that i liked and admired were passing through montreal i would go see them play like del barber for example for sure you know who you've you know, obviously interviewed at least a couple times. A bunch and of times, yeah. <laughs> who, who I, and, and for good reason, because he's a fabulous artist and a wonderful man. For sure. And, and person. But, like, have I connected in person with these? And, and then I, I knew from playing Brandon Folk Fest, I remember when I played that festival in 2017, and, uh, you know, one of the highlights of that, besides sharing the stage with Richard Thompson... Um, and getting invited to his trailer for lunch. Oh, cool. Uh, personally by him and spilling food all over my lap out of <laughs> nervousness um, <laughs> was the Manitoba artists that I met. So I met Richard Inman. Oh, right on. Um, I met uh, Leaf Rapids, um, uh, Carrie and Devin, you know, and uh, uh, Dwayne from the times changed oh, cool, uh, cool. scene and you know i had met sean burns yep. and different artists uh and of course sweet alibi i yeah. love all three of those gals oh, and i met them yeah. at conferences and stuff and we'd had nice sort of heart to hearts uh 4 a.m soul soulful <laughs> moments <laughs> so it was it was like i already felt like i knew a bit about some of the core folks on the folk scene yeah um but it was hard to connect with them in person once i got here for obvious reasons yeah um and so since i uh, since being vaccinated i've played um the times changed uh the blue note park gig outside um oh of course i forgot to mention micah Ehrenberg, yeah. who is a, a a great musician songwriter producer mentor type of person yeah great guy. so i was i was excited to do stuff with him and i did we we actually have recorded some uh so anyways i played at the times changed he micah helped me uh recruit some band members okay most of them i haven't met yet or or actually manifested anything yet with but a uh, dan russell has played steel, steel with yeah. me yeah he's fabulous and we get along famously so um, like was an instant, you know, friend connection. And so I, uh, I, I hired him to play with me at the times changed gigs, a uh, gig outside and, and will again. And most recent, and I joined Manitoba music. Oh, cool. Um, I recently hosted, uh, their first back to 
uh, real life open mic uh, on the patio of the WEC, the West End Cultural Center in Winnipeg. So that was a very positive experience just recently. And um, uh, so, yeah, Dan and I recorded a few of my songs just like in Micah's studio just about a month ago. So I'm still trying to decide which a couple of videos I'm going to put out. Maybe by the time the podcast is out, those videos will be cool on the internet. You kick my funny bone Each time you're near I double over Laughing through my tears Why can't you stop this? I can't say what's I'm a known assassin When it comes to the killing years My heart's been stranded And I've been branded A hopeless romantic My heart's been stranded And I've been branded A hopeless romantic A hopeless romantic You did, yeah, and that's yeah. what I wanted to ask you about because I've been listening to that a lot. I need to, I need to talk to you afterwards nice. about getting a physical copy because it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful album. I, I really, really like the record, and um, that was kind of my first introduction nice. to to hearing you. I think that I go out of my way to follow absolutely every musician I can find that has any connection to Manitoba online, and then I sort of go through that list and, and find the ones that really interest me. And your record is it's fantastic. Um, where does Thank you. Where does your voice come from? Because that is the the most striking part of it, especially right from the first track, is the way that you have... And this isn't something I usually like out of music. I usually like voices that are more rough and more kind of... Not mistake-filled, but but raw. And you have this really pure voice, especially when you go up... The the song sort of... 
I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it, but the song start off, start off at a at a certain level, and then there's just this power that comes out in the vocals that, that sort of brings it up to a the, another height. There, where does that come from? Like, how, how did you develop that voice? Because it's it's striking. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Probably from uh, when I think about that kind of singing, I think about like Broadway. <laughs> sure, sure. I think about being a little. I think about being a little girl and wanting to sing shit from Annie and Le Miserable okay. and stuff. And I think about that annoyingly pure voice. And I'm like you, in fact, the voices that I enjoy listening to are often the more um, rougher and ra- uh, around the edges. Yeah. And I can be quite rough around the edges. I think for this album, I think the more I write, actually the higher my register is getting. Because when I listen, when I've, when I've heard accidentally mostly stuff from like my first ep back in 2013 it's a much lower register okay when i when i listen to the 2016 album um or hear a song from that because you know it's it was generally in the situation where somebody's forcing me to listen to it while we're drinking it's like suddenly my they're put playing my songs on spotify yeah, yeah. And also like singing them to me and i'm like okay well i guess i can handle this for a minute and <laughs> and th- those ones there's a little bit more gravelly in the voice um but this one yeah there's a lot of kind of like smoothy smooth singing yeah where does it come from i think it's i think it was also probably oh here's the thing in in this situation because a lot of on hopeless romantic the album when we were recording it it was my first experience really recording with the full band in the same room okay okay and having that live experience and i think my performative wanting to impress these excellent musicians that I was playing with, I probably turned up the smooth and the suave yeah, just a tie yeah. because I knew I was, and it's not the smoothest and suavest you'll hear absolutely by no stretch, but sometimes compared to the subject matter, mm-hmm. it is, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. And, yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of subject yeah. matter, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of downer songs on there that, that, that you know often have that kind of they lend exactly. themselves to a rougher voice. But yeah, it, I like the juxtaposition of, of this really really pure smooth voice singing about things that are just like a bummer, right? Yeah, it, it works well. It's, it's it's a cool it's a cool combination. Bummer is my main theme. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you play a good style of music for bummer to be your main theme because uh, you know it, it definitely lends itself <laughs> to that. What is um. Yeah. What is your background as far as the music that you grew up listening to? Like, is this, have you always been in this sort of country mode or do you come from somewhere else musically? Oh, certainly not because I grew up listening to practically whatever was on the radio yeah. in the city, I suppose, like pop music. And also, you know, and, and the, the, well, I'm going to date myself, I suppose, but like the alt popular alt rock of the, of the mid to late nineties. Yep. And early. <laughs> oh, same here. And, That's the same stuff I grew up on too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Prince. I remember hearing um, Prince on the radio as a kid and some really good music. I remember when Tracy Chapman's voice came, first came on the radio and I thought she was a man. Yeah. And I was so in love with her voice. Um, I loved actually those androgynous voices where I would find out I thought Prince was a woman. I thought Tracy Chapman was sure. a man. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson as a child and I would, you know, fake sick from school and, and I had different outfits that I would make to match his 
uh, dangerous oh, yeah, uh, yeah. VHS that I owned. And yeah, so, but then it, then as I, as when I started playing music, it, it went more into like, then I was listening to my parents' old vinyl collections. So I was listening to like Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen yeah. and, uh, sort of like, you know, a lot of music from the seventies, uh, cause they're both boomers both my parents and they both my my and my mom had more like the Gordon Lightfoot vibe and my dad had some more of the Bruce Springsteen Ozzy sure. Osbourne direction so folk and rock and country is always implied in those genres as well sure. so I think yeah. it was registering on some level like I remember Billy Ray Cyrus I remember achy breaky heart yeah. and being like and I remember thinking country I remember country music television and thinking, this is really cheesy. This is really, really cheesy. I had never heard Merle Haggard. I had never knowingly heard Hank Williams, George Jones, you know, Patsy Cline, except for maybe like in a Reese's Pieces, you know, commercial. Totally, yeah, for sure, (laughs) for sure. Pieces. I don't know if you remember. I do remember that, yeah. I do remember that. Like what the heck? That was probably my introduction anyway, to her too. I'm sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like I had parents who grew up in the country. It's not like I grew up in the country listening to like Diamond Rio or something yeah. on the radio. So yeah, it, it, it. I found country music more around the time that I was finishing uh, my bachelor's in uh, in, in arts at, at university. Okay. Um. And I was starting to, because I, I wrote songs since I was about 12, 13 years old and would describe it as like folk slash alt indie whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and like with like lots of, I was very into Ani DeFranco as a okay. teenager. That's another thing. Big Ani DeFranco. And I also played piano very intuitively. I was very into like Tori Amos. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fiona Apple and uh, Cat Power and other, you know, strong female um, artists. But yeah, and then I got introduced actually to Hank Senior through an old uh, school buddy. Cool. Uh, just sitting with like guitar, art, a guitar in a park type of thing, and then I went down this YouTube spiral. Then I started listening to Towns Guys and then I found the old time and country jams in Montreal. Eventually, as I was hosting open mics, doing open mics, playing all the time for free, yeah. for booze, for just to play. And I was doing as much as possible that which eventually led to me getting the courage to go to the old time stuff. And then that was it. Like yeah. I remember giving, I remember I was hosting this open mic on Monday nights at this place called Burritoville. And it was the same night as the weekly in quotes, hillbilly Okay. Night okay. at the Wheel Club in Montreal, and eventually, I was leaving my own open mic and passing it off to another performer to keep hosting at 10 p.m. so I could go across town and play with the country band, and then, you know, eventually I was just there, and the <laughs> open mic was I gave it to someone else. You yeah, know, yeah. I started, yeah, so like that. One of the things, That's a long story. It's a long story, but no, it's good. I'm glad, glad, to, glad to find out the actual... It's really long. It's okay. It's good. It's Sorry. good. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I like I like the long stories because it's so much better to get a long story out of someone than, yeah, it's just a thing I listen to. And then, you know, oh, right. crickets, right? So the long story is much, much preferred. 
How am I supposed to survive these raw and exposed veins? How am I to carry on if I can't numb the pain? I've come so far with blinders on, just kept moving ahead. Never stop to turn around or I might be caught dead On the track of hobo rails and drunken balladeers Scared to win, afraid to fail, arrested by my fears Maybe if I'm lucky I'll rise above these tears Maybe if I stick around For the golden years Folks are pairing off And having kids I'll never meet Babies are all prodigies with tiny twinkle feet. They learn to love and laugh so well at that tender age. Why is it their joyful smiles just set me in a rage? On the track of hobo rails and drunken Scared to win, afraid to fail, arrested by my fears. Maybe if I'm lucky, I'll rise above these tears. Maybe if I make it to my golden years. Picture us out on a farm with doggies by the dozen Hair all gray, but we're okay with that gentle kind of loving We'll live off the land and go to meet draws at the Legion Hall And if I misbehave and you can set me in a stall I'll dream of tracks and hobo rails and drunken balladeers When I was scared to win, afraid to fail, arrested by my fears If I keep on swimming through this tidal wave of tears Maybe then I'll make it to my golden years Maybe then we can be friends in our golden years And I talk about this too much on my show but one of the things that comes up a lot 
whether I'm talking to a country artist or a rapper or a, you know, a jazz musician or whatever it is, whoever it is, um, is the idea that uh, of genuineness and of, um, kind of being music that is real and, and is honest and, and, and comes from the person directly. And I have this impression that maybe isn't true, but I have this impression that Manitobans have a really high bullshit detector and can, can spot someone who's not whatever music they play not being themselves and they'll reject it kind of out of hand because i don't know if it's because we're really good listeners or because we're just assholes like <laughs> i'm not sure what it is but <laughs> there seems to be like a, yeah. a, a, a sort of like this person's being honest to themselves someone like del barber is a great example of someone who's yeah. writing his own experiences like 100 percent, and it all comes from a very true and and believable and honest place right what do you feel about uh about country music in general, do you feel like there's there's sort of a, a high bar to clear to seem real and seem true to what you, the message you're putting across and the stories you're telling? I don't worry about it because I am true right, and sure, real to sure. myself. Yeah. So I just don't even worry about it, and uh, I just don't write about. I I I rarely write about stuff that I don't know, and if I was to, um, it would probably be because I had a deep conversation with right. someone or researched it, you know, I wouldn't just write a song from, from a perspective that I didn't put thought and, and, and time into, Yeah, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. So every, everything in my songs, and, and because, you know, and they're not really just, they're not topical. They really are just like emotional. Anyone can write that. You don't have to be from any particular yeah. station in life or place, geographical place. I, I and I think, you know, we, I think as songwriters, we just hope that it's going to permeate the bullshit yeah. when we're not actually, you know, full of it. So, you know, that's the best I can hope for. And I think so far, you know, nobody's, uh, nobody's called bullshit on me in Manitoba <laughs> yet. Right, right. <laughs> because, you know, and it's like, it's like I'm out writing a song about my, you know, cattle fart that totally. I don't totally. work on, you know, or pretending that I, that I, you know, worked at a, uh, a rodeo or something, you know? Yeah. So that's good for, for, for me. As if things come up as metaphors, sometimes if things come up in, you know, in allegory, but well, that's all it is. Yeah. Well, I think there are a lot of people who, who maybe get into something like country and, and think that, Oh, I have to start writing songs about, you know, rodeos yeah. or cattle ranching, or whatever. And I think right. that's the thing that doesn't come off as genuine because you know that this is some guy who's lived in Winnipeg his whole life or whatever. Right. Well, yeah. And they, 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 they grew up in an apartment building in the suburbs. Like they're, they don't, <laughs> they, they haven't, they haven't okay. dealt with cows. Right. So yeah, I don't know. That well, was the question. Get, that's just a me. They ranting. better go cow. They better get into the fields or something and go play with some cow poop. I yeah, don't know. there you go. Just yeah, just <laughs> get wrist deep in there and then then you can write a song about it. <laughs> but like, I know that, and this is a terrible thing to do if you're an artist, but we all do it, yeah. which is Google yourself. Sure, sure. So about four or five months after putting out the album, I googled myself and I saw some reviews that I hadn't seen, and someone called me on singing in a some kind of a fake southern drawl okay i didn't i didn't hear I that i really don't yeah. agree with yeah I, I really don't agree with that at all it's just like i i just talk the way i talk and it may have actually evolved over the years maybe because one of my best friends that i speak to every single day is from tennessee and okay. it's hard to not want to you know it's hard it, it just things enter you like if you go to yeah. australia you're gonna start being like no i yeah, for sure, for sure. And just then you come the back and it slowly sometimes. fades away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
but my voice has my even my my talk and voice has evolved and i picked up little even since i got to manitoba for example this on the phone okay bye which i try to avoid because everyone's like okay yeah bye bye what is that like the manitoba thing like has you have to do an m before the bye bye but it's cute and it's friendly yeah and it's nice and then there's uh then what's else oh yeah oh we'll see you later we'll talk to you later (laughs) you know so that's cute and that's fine but that's kind of colloquialism that that people just that are contagious like yachting and yeah shit like that (laughs) And we don't even know we're doing it. And I mean, either just someone no. in, the, in the South know that they're doing some kind of drawly slang or whatever too, right? Yeah. So, no. Yeah. What was the, um, what was the experience like putting on an album during a pandemic? Because I mean, it's one thing to, to be writing music during a pandemic and to be trying to sort of stay afloat, but actually putting on a record right in the middle of all this going on where you can't necessarily tour for it or, or do the traditional way of, of promoting it. Sometimes I regret it. I'm like, why didn't I wait till I was back in the spring and then I could be touring my album on the fresh wings of my album you know yeah yeah but i'm real. i it was hard it was hard but it was also rewarding because and it was contradictory because i was getting nice feedback from the record praise appreciation and emotional satisfaction from my listeners of these songs new listeners so many more new listeners than i've ever had you know yeah and also international so that was interesting because so many people were tuned were plugged into the uh were much much more pl- well or at least they were tuned out of a live local scene because of the nothing's uh, happening yeah the unpleasantness happening the unpleasantness exactly. yeah yeah Yes, exactly. So I'm trying not to use the P word. I know, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so it was exciting because I was getting, you know, great reviews from different countries and continents. But on the level of celebrating my record, it was very mm-hmm. difficult. I had nobody, nobody here celebrated with me. There was no, not even a private celebration for... Don't make me cry. Not that you, it's your fault. I'm just talking about probably more talking to myself. Yeah, yeah. That was very hard because I wanted to celebrate it and play the record. I wanted to to do a launch with my band of in course. Toronto. And um, instead I was just like depressed in February <laughs> in my, in this month to month, you know, rental yeah. with some crazy person sharing the wall and screaming every time I open my cupboard door and it was just, you know, and he's, he moved out. Well, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Why? And I, yeah. yeah. So, but, but it it was, yeah, I was kind of freezing and depressing, but it was also exciting because all these opportunities and some record label guy from Nashville, from A&R at Concord records was like, Hey Bobby, let's have a phone chat. I was like, okay. I didn't really go anywhere. But other exciting things happened like that. The Polaris Prize people reached out to me and said, we'd like to have a copy of your record to be considered. But then I didn't make it to the long list, yeah. you know, but no yeah. country albums did, which made me feel better. And <laughs> terrible to admit that. And um, I just, that's, but that's also life as an artist is that you get little tastes of prospects and then sure. they sort of you know, drizzle away sometimes and you're like, 
okay, well, if, you know, something might, something, what, you have to have the attitude of what's next, not, oh, this is all over every time things fall through, you know? For sure, yeah. Someone very exciting in, uh, in the states who works in publicity. If I won't mention her by name because I don't want to like pressure her, but sure. she's like, "We're going to make this happen. You're going to be a big star." That's so awesome. it's like, who knows, right? Like, I, I'm willing to 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 take a lot of more risks, you know, as far as uh, 
career career wise, you yeah. know, and investment wise. I really am, you know. And the one thing that makes it hard is uh, my cat, <laughs> and the the thing that we uh, of which I will no longer refer to. Right, right. Of course, yeah. The COVIDs and. I know that's not a thing. I just like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and the idea like of let's say going to the States is kind of terrifying. Sure. You know, like it's Americana week right now in okay. Nashville. Okay. And if I was, if it was any other time, uh, health wise in history, I would be there right now with that record. Yeah. You know, yeah. hopefully playing some kind of showcase, if not an official one, then in somebody else's. And I would be rubbing elbows and mop tops and jean jackets and Yeah. Every I'd be, you know, rubbing a lot of elbows and, and, and talking to a lot of great people that I know there and that I also don't know yet there. And I'd be partying at Robert's Western World whenever I could. You know? But you can still do that, but, I guess, once things ease up a bit too, right? There always will be another uh, Americana week, I guess. You can, I know, yeah. I know. It I sucks just, though, yeah, yeah. It, it was nice because when I put out the record, I did cross-pollinate with the artists and I was on playlists cool. and on the same, like, being reviewed by the same publications that were reviewing these artists who are now, like, there and yeah. you know strutting their stuff and you know i it's there's a little bit of fomo happening right now for sure me. sure i can see that yeah yeah <laughs> if um so if people are hearing you for the first time on this show I, I mean if you haven't you know the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it right when it comes out or they could hear it a year from now maybe maybe by then your your contact there could have already made you a star and someone could be listening to this and be like oh look yeah. you know, right or, or or you're still playing local shows or you're touring or whatever's happening um what's the best way to find out more about what you're doing to, to hear your records to, to to find out if you have upcoming shows things like that bobbydove.com okay thank you for asking yeah and uh or on social media the at bobbydove music okay thing um uh yeah that's those are the best ways to to and 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 then i well i think that's about it actually okay. for, <laughs> you can find yeah out. i wouldn't say you can look at my twitter but it's 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 pretty much uh the tweets of crickets you know right 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 there's not much there but the website and then i guess uh people can hear your music on all of the various platforms that they use Yes, that's right. Those streaming platforms that you all like to rail against, but yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to use them. <laughs> but anyway, I don't, I don't use them either. By the way, I don't, I don't, I don't actually have an account. Like, I don't have, I don't pay for Spotify. So yeah, I don't use any of them either. I'm too stuck set yeah. in my ways, and uh, that's why I was so Me pumped too. to see that you're releasing physical stuff still because the numbers of people doing that oh, are yeah. dwindling, and it's uh, it's nice to right. see. It's nice to see. Yeah, I've got vinyl and I've got CDs. Awesome. think about was rock and roll tomorrow 
All his fans last night were slain They died for every note he played And in the early morning light He's gonna bury them just right His suit pockets lined with beer Rock and roll.